So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that livens things up with unexpected wins. No, Phil. We are not doing that joke. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that was hit by Ericsson. Are we the only F1 podcast hit by Ericsson? I mean, technically, he is just omnipresent. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that uses DRS illegally. I used it to rob a bank. <laughs> I'm Chica Ayres, and today from Southwark Tavern in London, we are going to talk about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, where so much happened. But who was the biggest culprit? Max, Daniel, that bit of carbon fibre, or Grosjean? Hint, it was Grosjean. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, and smashing Red Bulls, terrible haircuts, shard, and much, much more. That's all to come. Now, joining me is a motoring journalist who has a new favourite hot hatch. I do. It's Phil Tromans. I went to Spain last Ooh. week and I drove all the Volkswagen GTIs. How many are there? Well, if I say GTI, you would presumably think Golf GTI. Yeah. No, hang on. GTI stands for... Well, this is the crux of my Gran video. Gran Turismo Injection. <laughs> Great. Fuck. Well done. <laughs> How did oh, you know that? Is it really? Yes. What? Oh, I was joking. <laughs> no, it really does stand, stand for that. Oh. Which kind of puts the whole video I shot to uh, to shame because the whole crux of it was that nobody knows what it's standing for. Ah. But uh, I genuinely anyway. guess that. That, that. Was, that wasn't knowledge. That was like Ericsson looked down and said, <laughs> I will anoint you with the, with the power of this word. And I discovered that the little up GTI, which is like the stupidest GTI I've ever heard of, is like sort of... Is it? Does it lift up on balloons? <laughs> I mean, it almost could. It's and tiny. It, and you get in, and in the first few seconds, you're just crying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I'm going to well up. Which is ridiculous. It's like sort of turbocharging a bicycle. But it's hilarious. It's my what, new favourite car. I love why it. Why is it funny? Well, it's, it weighs nothing, so right. you can throw it around the place. Um, it's got loads of little power. I drove it around the track. Mm. Uh, it was really good fun. What colour was it? It was uh, white. White is a shit colour for cars. Yeah, yeah. They're all white or kind I mean, of silver. They, they offer them in other colours. Yeah, but most cars these days are white or kind of silver. Shit well, colours. The well. worst car that exists is a white BMW. I don't want to piss on your parties, but you two have both had very active days. I got dressed about an hour ago. <laughs> I don't feel well. I've got a oh. snotty nose. My throat's all bunged up. 
I've got a really long week ahead of me that I can't be ill for. That was a really exciting race, and I struggled to concentrate. So this is going to be a fun podcast. Okay. Over to you guys. That's my anecdote. Get on with it. Well, Chica, I hope you've got something better than that. Well, I have also. I've had an active weekend. I've done a swimathon today, which is swimming two and a half kilometres. That's quite a long way. For charity. How did you find a swimming pool that was two and a half (laughs) kilometres long? However, uh, the story I would like to tell you is about an experience I had today, which is like no other experience. I defrosted my first ever freezer. Wow, that's a big moment in a girl's life. It is big, isn't it? <laughs> we all remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really sexy. Yeah, that the anticipation the before the big day. I remember when I first defrosted my freezer. How was it? I was drunk. It was <laughs> regrettable. And uh, it was all over very quickly, to oh, be really? honest. But, wow. um, you know. You just left with a big puddle on the floor. So now it's time for Listener's Corner. You spoke, we listened, by which we mean you left some comments on social media and we plucked some of the legible ones out to read back to you. Now, official FF1S whipping boy Roman Grosjean had a difficult time in Baku. At one point, he was in the top six and looking good for a points haul for Hayes. And then he, sm- <laughs> and then he smashed into a wall while behind the safety car. What did you say? Well, Ben Turnbull said, has anybody mentioned Grosjean being a tit? Not yet. Roman Grosjean, in an official statement, says... I mean, Terry, I don't know if you want to do this. I was uh, warming up my tyres and bumped into a, uh, a suction of a switch. Uh, it had moved by two positions. The position, positional. <laughs> when I touched the brake, the brake balance was locked rearward. It was locked, the rear wheels, and I spun like a carbonara. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he, just... he was faffing around, trying to warm the tyres up, knocked a switch, didn't realise it, that as soon as hit the brakes, the brakes were in completely the wrong setup and he locked up and crashed into a wall but came the, up with the, a really long this is and one boring of the, supposedly story. one of the finest drivers in the world the best thing though was A they did the brilliant thing of playing the radio where he just kind of goes no no <laughs> no and then you just hear this kind of heavy breathing like a, like a, a sex caller like, <laughs> and then the team go what happened and he does that thing that let's be honest we have all done when you fucked up and you blame someone else and he just went I think Ericsson hit me. And it's like, but the thing is, is unaware that the whole thing had been filmed from multiple angles. (laughs) How desperate must you be? (laughs) To be like, I can't think of anything more viable. (laughs) Ericsson hit me from 20 feet away. Like, like he's in the film Carrie with Teddy Kinesis. Yeah, used his mind powers. (laughs) Good old Roman. You know, and he had a terrible qualifying where his his engine or gearbox or whatever died. And he was crying, and then he comes to the track on Sunday, and he's doing all right. And he was at the back, and he was up in the points. It's a pretty good race for him. And then just and then Ericsson came out of nowhere. Behind the safety car, like there are three rules in Formula One. Okay. Don't crash into your teammates. We might come to that later if we have time. Don't crash on the parade lap, which has been done many times before, I believe, by Grosjean once. And thirdly, don't crash under the safety car. <laughs> If all you can do is just go around in circles, <laughs> just when the safety cars on, go, right, what do my boss, what's, ta- what's that tattooed on my arm? <laughs> Don't crash. In fairness to Grosjean, he has really stepped up to the position of being our whipping boy because he's, he really, he, he, he took us on a roller coaster. He built up our expectations <laughs> and then spectacularly uh, brought himself back down to earth again. Because it's taken us a while. I think we've been, as a podcast, we've been slightly mourning the loss of Palmer. 
and the first couple of races, we haven't laid into Grosjean with like quite the uh, the fervour that Palmer would have got. To be the fair, same there's, there's been a gap, I feel, in our content, which finally could be filled now. Yeah, and now we look at him and go, do you know what? I fucking hate Romain Grosjean. What a prick. <laughs> Literally, just like seconds before he crashed into the wall, I was just thinking, oh, Grosjean looks like he's going to do really well. It's going to be hard to take the piss out of him. And then he delivered. If anything, this was a race of wish for it and it'll come. So Matt Gamblin says, all of the McLaren bashers will soon notice that's another points finish. Well, it's true. I mean, I mean, technically it's true. They're doing but very well if you they? don't watch the races and yes. only look at the results and go, that's not bad compared yeah, to... They're getting they the results... It? They're getting the results, but I'll be fucked if I know how they're doing it. Because every time I watch them, they look awful. I mean, they, they fired... Um, was it Luke Goss from Bross? <laughs> who was their head of aero and chass- the head of chassis, Luke Goss from Bross. Uh, they fired him at the weekend. And that's a big thing, because they're saying, do you know what? Our chassis might not be the best. <laughs> and so there's a whole shake-up going on at Woking. Uh, the car was reminiscent of all the McLaren Honda years. Uh, before the week, before the weekend, they were going. We made some changes. We fixed it, <laughs> and yeah. then the car was like. 34th I mean, they were lucky in the race that, that they were ahead of the the, the, the Hondas. At yeah, least. and then just got some wily driving from Alonso, and just you know won't give up. And let's face it. A lot of the reason why McLaren's doing well this year is because cars in front of them seem to hit each other and <laughs> spit off the track. And that's the only reason. Basically, Verstappen is the reason that Alonso's doing so well. Because <laughs> think of all the points that Verstappen would have got if he hadn't kept punting it off that Alonso has come along and picked up. Well, of course, the next race, Barcelona. I am expecting a double podium from McLaren. Yeah, and then a massive run on our T-shirts. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so let's get to the main talking point here from Baku. Now, we didn't think time travel was real, but suddenly it was 2010 and we were at the Turkish Grand Prix watching two Red Bulls smash into each other. Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen tangled after threatening to do so all race and everyone jumped off the sofa. But who was to blame? Smith Durham or SMF Durham on Instagram says, it was Ericsson's fault. He definitely hit them. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Good point, good point. Uh, John Tilburg said Max moved twice but not under braking so it's allowed he started to brake after moving left and his steering wheel was back in the centre position smart move? no absolutely not but that doesn't make it an illegal move Red Bull was putting up a great show and I'd rather see this kind of action than the Ocon Perez team orders and whining on the radio about not being allowed to try and overtake. Now Nathan Willett says, Max, Max, Max. He moved under braking and made for an interesting end to the race, but what a monumental bell end. And finally, Lee Marsh Horgan asks, at what point does Verstappen realise he's in F1, not the Dodgem slash bumper cars? Well. No one's saying that Ricardo was in the wrong here. Oh, Terry, you put your point, I'll put my counterpoint, we'll reach a reasonable mutual agreement and we'll move on. I'm going to defend Max Verstappen. <gasps> the fucking what? what? So, my view of this is that uh, Ricardo was fastest for the whole race and the team probably should have let him through and let him go on and that wouldn't have happened. But that would have been very exciting. And for Ricardo, who has been 
basically wanked off by the entire F1 media in the last two weeks. So, oh my God, you're the best overtaker there ever is. Oh my God, Danny, you're amazing. You can overtake anything. Uh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, well, what if at the next race we have you stuck behind your teammate? Well, you'll be able to overtake him because you're great. Max drove pretty dirtily and I don't think all that wiggling around was sensible, but I don't think that Ricardo's move was a particularly good overtake. Frankly, I think it's a bit of blame for the two of them. They need their heads knocking together. Which I think they had. They should have. They've had a monumental bollocking from uh, uh, Christian Horner, apparently. And Did they you were, see in the fairness, the, the interviews. Uh, oh, there you, what footage is this? When uh, Ted Kravitz tried to interview Christian Horner as he was going up the stairs to the room to read. No, them. I was watching Channel 4. So. It was amazing because he just. Because, you know, Christian Horner, who is Mr. I'll go on your programme. I love talking to the media. I'll do oh, it during great. the race. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, he kind of went up and went. I'm not speaking to you right now. And he was just like angry. Ooh. Not like mock angry or television angry. He was like, I am storming things out of the way. I am pissed off. So, Well, I saw an interview with, with Horner on Channel 4 shortly, presumably shortly after that. And um, yes, he... he, he I don't like think it. he absolutely said it, but he basically gave the impression that they'd been absolutely yelled at. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and the, uh, the reaction of both drivers in the, uh, in the, the press rink afterwards was pretty contrite actually I thought they were quite mature about it they didn't blame each other they just said yeah we fucked up sorry yeah. and I absolutely agree with you I think it was pretty much 50-50 I think that Max did move around a little more than is necessary but not enough for, to take the whole blame and I think Ricardo put everything on you know betted everything on black and it came up on red and you know sometimes it works and you send it up the inside and everyone goes oh that you're amazing and then the wanking off that you talked about commences but um, on this occasion it went horribly wrong and it was, it was Turkey 2010 all over again. And it was thoroughly ententaining. I loved it. Nicky yeah. Lauder actually said, I think he said 70-30 in favour of Ricardo. So it was 70% Max Verstappen's fault. I think that's a little harsh, to be honest. But it's 50-50. Well, I mean, it's almost a racing incident. But it was sort of caused by them both being pretty optimistic about what was going to happen. And it made a bloody good end to the race. Exactly. It did. So next, with seven cars retiring and more safety cars than I can actually remember, is Baku the crashiest race on the calendar? Nathan Smith says, give Azerbaijan a 20-year contract immediately. Can we race there multiple times per season, please? Tristan Clayton says, with every race in Baku, we can be just that little bit sadder that Pastor Maldonado has never had the chance to show what he could do. Having said that, the Toro Rosso nearly had the most spectacular accident in recent years during practice. Was that when Gasly got by the Well, other just guy about got by Hartley, who had a puncture. In yeah. Pre- yeah, did you see that? It was I in. Uh, it, yeah. I, th- I think it was in qualifying, actually. But yeah, that could have been the biggest accident we've seen in years. Did you see it? Yeah. 340 kilometres an hour, Gasly was doing when he came around the corner to find Hartley in the middle of the track not deciding which side he was going to go at. If he'd have hit the back of him, you remember what happened with um, with Weber and uh, Kovalainen. Kovalainen in Valencia a few years ago, where Weber did an entire backflip, and that was on a big, wide track. I reckon the angle they were going at, if Gasly had been, oh, what, 50 centimetres left and hit the rear of Hartley, he'd have launched and he'd have taken out the balconies of the building that, were what, that was on the right-hand side. It would Crikey. have been monumental. So... Um, I'm quite glad he didn't, but uh, yeah, hell of a reaction by Gasly to to not do that. But it's all made me think, yeah, Baku, when they announced it, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, another oil money 
race. But if I remember rightly, the first year was a little bit rubbish when it was a European Grand Prix, weirdly. And then now, the last two years have been amazing. It's been tremendous. I really like the fact that they have huge long sections of flat-out racing with corners. And the cars can... I, th I think on some sections you wouldn't need DRS to have proper overtaking. Although, on the other side, your human rights and corruption record, pretty lacking. I th yeah, if that's bad, one thing, If there's one thing that we don't care about in Formula One, oh. it's that. Also, Someone's got to you, <laughs> giving you some money. He's <laughs> also got nice castles. Hey, so look, it's not got a nice castle. In other news, Baku saw the debut of some fancy new graphics that make the most of the halo that we've now come to love. Speed, braking and gear selection information is all shown and will surely appear in the next F1 game. What do you think of it? I thought it was great. I really liked it as well. I took me ages to work out what was going on. I thought the design is a bit weird. Yes, it covers the halo perfectly, but... It's all a bit glowy and a bit like GP2 Formula E like. It should be more future. should be more slick and kind of solid like the rest of the F1. It doesn't suit the rest mm. of the F1 graphics. That's my view. No, from a graphical a design brand identity point of view, I take I take your point. However, I do think it looks cool. The only time it didn't work was when they accidentally cut away from the in-car halo shot to a landscape shot of just the circuit <laughs> and they still had the graphics on and it just looked like some that. weird blue blue arch. Yeah, but apart from that, yeah, it's good. And generally, I think I'm pretty pleased with all the graphical changes. They've done well this year. Ford One looks very good. What happens if F1 gets brilliant? What are we going to yeah, bitch about? It's not going to happen. Okay. It won't. It can't. Exactly. <laughs> so by the time you hear this, there should have been a vote on the changes to the rules to prompt more overtaking in 2019. So the changes which have to be voted on by all 10 teams involve changes to the front wing design, sort of a precursor to bigger rule changes for 2021. But, as usual, not everyone seems to agree. It's all about outwashing and bits on the wing that allow outwashing, outwashing. Now we're all aerodynamicists here. Do we want to see an end to outwashing? Oh, if I had a pound for every time we'd gone on about outwashing. Honestly, of course they should, but they've got a problem in that the FIA have said, right, we're going to change these rules because after Australia there's no overtaking and all the races this year are really boring. And then the teams can turn around and go, yeah, but you know these three races that weren't boring? We don't want to fuck with that, do we? And there's an argument to go, because we know what Formula 1's like, it's full of promise. So they say what we'll do is we'll stop the outwashing front wings and it'll be great racing next year. Somehow that they'll just fuck up writing the rules and they'll say, oh, but you're allowed a big penis on each wing. <laughs> and you say that as a joke, but that's exactly, exactly what we had yeah. on the noses two exactly. years ago. <laughs> it will just be this thing where they'll just be like, oh, we fucked up. And then next year they'll be like, oh, no, you can't overtake at all because now each car at the front, because there's a, there's a hole in the regulations, each car at the front is four foot wide. <laughs> and, and actually this year, it's, it's all right. If you're just looking at the front wing and you're just taking off aero that messes up the car behind, or, sorry, that won't react well in, in turbulent air, I mean, can they really fuck that up? It's Formula One, Yes, Phil. of course they can fuck it up. Sorry, my mistake. Ridge noses, penis things. <laughs> Last year, they had coat hangers on the car. I mean, wobbly coat hangers sticking on the back of the car and nobody went, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> So finally, the 2016 world champion whose name escapes us uh, has started a young driver academy. The unforgettable champion, whoever he is, has plenty of time on his hands since retiring after his single title and since ditching his role as Robert Kubica's manager after failing to land him a Williams drive. So he now plans to sign up new young drivers in the hopes that they too can fail to get a seat at Williams. Oh, do we need another young driver association programme? 
I mean, this just time run by a former driver who won a championship once and then retired. We should just enjoy aging, I mean, what a great, aging drivers. What an amazing inspirational lecture that will be, right? All right, guys, work really hard, then give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, wait till you've got the first of what you hope will be many titles. Give up. Become an annoying pundit. And then beat everywhere with a shit brown jacket. Oh, God. And, and he's got a YouTube channel, which is rubbish. He's appearing in random... BBC short documentaries which were rubbish I had to unfollow him on Instagram that's how annoying he was he is very annoying oh I'm in Monaco look at my house we should never mention him again we didn't know his name so that's not going to be difficult okay so you can tell us how wrong we are tweet us at for F1's sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1's sake or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com and Instagram don't forget and Instagram And I'd say Snapchat but I haven't updated Snapchat Snapchat since can we just abandon Snapchat I don't understand I have. Now for the teams. We'll start off with Mercedes. Bottas magicked up some amazing strategy calls to be in the lead at the end of the race. Before some carbon fibre blessed Lewis all the way to victory. Did Hamilton deserve to win? No. No. Yes. What? So what's this no, deserve shit? Nice what's this deserve shit? He, he deserved to win because on the end of the last corner, he was in the lead. Yeah, but Bottas would have definitely no, been in the lead. that's not what deserved means. Yeah, but he, he did win. Mm. Yeah, but he deserved to win in Australia and he didn't. It's all yeah, well, that's fine. Dude. That's not it's what we're talking income, about. <laughs> it's fine. Just allow it. Why does everyone have to go on about shit all the time? <laughs> Stop this fucking podcast. <laughs> Just watch the race, look at the results and be like, oh, that was interesting. Why are you talking about it on the internet, everyone? Oh, Why are you reading about it? Just just go out. Go outside. This is quite early, a dog. On the, early, early on the season for this, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is normally my uh, this, September mood. Yeah, this podcast <laughs> shouldn't exist. But I've got a, a serious question to ask. Because of the debris on the track, would Mercedes ever come back to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix organisers and say anything, or is it just kind well, of? Well, I think I think Toto's already registered his displeasure, but I don't think this is sort of an official outlet for him and, to say I want to appeal and reinstate Bottas as the winner. I mean, they should have done a bit better at picking up some of the yeah. debris. Oh, there was one so sh- much of it. There was a lot of it, but that's their bloody job. They got those little brooms. And you know, I know the marshals. Do, marshals do an amazing job, and they don't get paid for it, and we all should be very grateful for them. No, no, of course not. Formula One doesn't have any money. You know that. <laughs> But there was, there was literally one shot of, of a marshal running out to pick up some carbon fibre. And in the foreground of the shot was a massive bit of carbon fibre. And the marshal didn't see it and then ran back and jumped over the fence again. And it's just like, oh, for God's sake. Well, why didn't the have bloody cameraman go out and get it? Look, in China, they had much nicer brooms as well. Were they Chinese traditional brooms versus Azerbaijani traditional brooms? They did brooms? seem to be more kind of straw-based brooms in China, which I guess pick up carbon fibre better. And, second thing... <laughs> I think we should stop making cars out of carbon fibre because it breaks into too many small pieces. Make well, it out of things like... Steel. Wood. Steel. Wood. wood. Just have a load of Morgans running around, literally made out of wood. What? The gears? No, the chassis are made out of wood. Why? Because tradition. Did you see Bottas in the interview afterwards, though? He looked did very sad. Did your heart melt? No. It was very sad. But he did, he did display quite a lot of emotion for a Finn. Yeah. Didn't I he like just say, oh, God, no, or something? That was Grosjean, you think, of again. Well, that as well. No, he did say, oh, my God, which I, I was a very reserved British uh, reaction, I thought. He went, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, think, he deserved think, to win. He uh, didn't, but... Uh, I don't think Bottas did oh, deserve to go. win. Why? Because when he was in the lead at the end, I bet both of you watched it going, how's he in the lead? You know? <laughs> yes. It doesn't deserve Kept his to nose win. clean. It's just, yeah, well, so did Raikkonen. Except for the start when he didn't. 
Yeah, apart from when he got piled into uh, when he piled into Perez or whoever. Whatever. It was. Anyway, Hamilton won. Great. How many races in Formula One, especially we think back to like the Schumacher era and the kind of uh, Vettel winning every race for Red Bull, and even like the Hamilton, what's his name, era from a couple of years ago, where every race was guaranteed to win. And how many of those times did you have that secret wish with 20 laps to go? Just think, I just wish something would happen. Oh, I am. So you're saying we should be grateful? I am not complaining in the slightest. It was thoroughly entertaining. And the fact that we have a safety car near the end, and you think, I wish something would happen, and you get a safety car. Then you get the safety car restart, and you go, if only something else would happen. Oh, Vettel just pushed himself off. (laughs) If only something else would happen. Well, this gives me an idea. Did you hear, apparently, when they were training up the marshals before the race, they had Bert Mylander in the safety car driving around the track. This is before the actual practice and racing everything started. And he was just chucking stuff out of the safety car, so the marshals would react quickly at a random place run out clear the track run back again it was like a sort of exercise thing what if one of his bits caused the punch <laughs> well no <laughs> I don't think he was checking out bits of broken F1 car but what if he started doing that during the race they called the safety car but they could keep going at full speed and it was just Burt Mylander zooming around He's chucking stuff out on the out. track the yes unsafety car Yes, the danger car. Danger is a better word for it. <laughs> good on, good on your English language. This is brilliant. Let's get on to liberty. Or we make the tyres out of carbon fibre. <laughs> okay, Ferrari. Vettel controlled the race until two Red Bulls colliding ruined his day. Sound familiar, Seb? Uh, Raikkonen managed to finish second by being totally invisible all day and just popping on to the podium. Well, should we start with Raikkonen that um, that attempted pass? Can we talk about Vettel's lip? All right, let's do that. Yes! It's like a cold sore at the start of the race, but at the end of the race, it had grown. Do you ever get that when you get like a little lump on your lip? You can't help it, but you keep biting it. Yeah, but did you read the news that in between the last race and this, Daniel Ricciardo had surgery on his lip? Which explains his amazing trout pout that he has now. He looks like Leslie Ash. But he was saying that he had some kind of sore on his lip, and then herpes. he was like chewing it or something, and he got infected, so he had to have an operation, which is... A level above the amount of money we have. Because you imagine going, oh, I've got an infected lip. Get me into surgery, quick. <laughs> and, and then this week... lucky to see a GP within yeah. four this weeks. This week, Vettel's got a sore on his lip. Talk I think there's some kind of STI going around the paddock. Maybe he's snogging. Oh, I think they've all been snogging. Do you think Vettel and Ricardo have had a little thing going? I think there's another... I think there's a third wheel. I Who's think Verstappen might have a sore on his, on his Johnson. <laughs> And that is why everyone is so angry at him. <laughs> okay, so what about Raikkonen? Is he the invisible man? <sighs> because he was just at the end of the race, like just in second. And I know a lot of stuff happened in front of him, but it was such just as Perez. It's because he didn't. He just. Oh, not Ocon. Didn't it was Ocon. Out. Was it Ocon, Ocon he took at out? The start. It was Ocon he took out, wasn't it? Yeah. And then yeah, that just, happened in front of him. He's near the back, oh, no. and then you know he's just driving along, and then he's he's second. He comes on the podium, and I'm just like, well, there's been some kind of ad- admin error. <laughs> Why is Raikkonen come out well, of the he, he was sort of almost always there or thereabouts this weekend because he probably should have been on pole until he fucks up right at the end of his qualifying lap. Because until did he, the, yes, or did the team flick a switch? No, it's not. It's not Grosjean. <laughs> no, I think the team went. We, he might beat Vettel and did that little kind of oh. power boost switch from the pit wall. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> Always got like an electric egg up his bum. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that escalated quickly. But what um, did he put there on the team? The team control it. Vettel controls it. (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe that's what the extra paddle on uh, on the <laughs> steering wheel is for. And that explains <laughs> his sore in his mouth. As oh well. my word! God, it all makes sense now. So let's talk about the. I would say the most exciting team of the weekend: Red Bull. A ding a ding dong. All throughout the race, Verstappen and Ricciardo were all over each other like teenagers at a party. Well, yeah. eventually Daniel tried too much, and Verstappen just wasn't ready. We have already discussed this, but what well, also I think we should also discuss the other smaller ding dongs throughout the race because there was one bit where they touched well they touched wheels and Verstappen basically tried to ram him into a wall which I think was a little undersold because there was a I bit where I don't know if that was deliberate it was it was a robust um, but there contact. was a wall in the way between him and there was he was in there was no. a wall there was no. a wall there was a wall I think um, it was just on the right side of acceptable but I did notice that it, it rubbed all the graphics the Pirelli graphics off his tyre and he just had a plain black tyre for the rest of the year which is illegal which was, but it looked really cool cool plain black tyres again it's great anyway I um, thought it looked like uh, Ricardo was too close and was pushing him in maybe I was wrong was he on the inside or the outside no it was Ricardo against the wall yeah and in Vettel which case, on the inside take that back oh I can't remember I th- in which case it was Verstappen because yeah. he couldn't go anywhere. I mean, does it matter? They were both having to go at each yeah. other all race, and it was only, it was tremendously exciting, but it was only a matter of time before they took each other out. And I, I was watching it with Marvin, and I said, "There's going to be a massive Red Bull accident in a minute." And which then is there good. was. Well, what about the fact that Verstappen has not yet had a race without a crash this season? Well, he's living up to the things I've been saying about him for the last couple of years. <laughs> he's not covered he himself in some, glory. He had some uh, beginner's luck. And now his chickens have come home to roost. His pigs have left the sty. I think it was interesting, though, that the overcut happened. Yes. Because let's not forget... We never really talked about that. The exciting part of the race before the crash. So Ricardo was behind Verstappen, overtook him, then got to pit first, and then lapped Gasly at the pit entrance. That was quite scary, to be honest. Which, in hindsight, was Ricardo being a little bit cocky this weekend with his kind of, you're the best, you're the best man. So he gets into the pits, gets new tyres on, should therefore be great because he's got the best pit stop. Then he comes out behind Verstappen. No, then Verstappen pits and comes out behind Ricardo. In front of Rick. Oh, God, I'm so ill. He was faster. Verstappen was faster despite the fact his tyres were older. Because somebody got in front of somebody somehow. Nobody talks about how it happened. Because the tyres were really rubbish. Here. Well, you couldn't uh, warm up the tyres. Well, this seemed to be universal across everybody, but it made for interesting slippery racing and there was a big crash. So, I liked what's it. the problem? There's no did, problem. Did they explain why they couldn't warm up the tyres? Yes. Why? It was cold. Ah, it was quite. Well, normally Baku is in July, so it's colder. Okay. Now, is it back? Is it July? I thought it was like May or June or something. Oh, stop with your fa- God! You <laughs> with your facts. God, you're oh, just like well. okay. Williams, Sirotkin managed to be involved in some of the first lap carnage, but Stroll was kind of in the midfield for the whole race. They qualified ahead of McLaren, though. So have they got their act together, or would you say it's just Mercedes engine modes? Because it was a weird qualifying. Because they qualified ahead of the McLarens. Now we know we like to shit on the McLarens, but. Williams ahead but there was rumours that Mercedes had given all their customer teams some fancy engine chicker- trickery so maybe that's what happened I don't know but Sorokin managed to crash a couple of times lost a lot of wheels this weekend and Stroll crashed quite early on didn't he he is right out of the start yeah he was caused the big uh, jiggery pokery on lap one and then 
Stroll, you know, had a podium here last year. This was his big moment. And this year, finished all right in the points. Got the first points for the year for Williams. Did okay. It's not going to last. What's not going to last? The uh, the success of Williams. Why? Uh, well, according to Paddy Lowe, the Williams Formula One team is not under the illusion it has made the progress its Azerbaijan Grand Prix performance suggests. What a motivational to. speaker he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone at the factory, get together. That was a fluke. <laughs> I think it was pretty much a fluke. They, they found the one track that sort of suits their terrible, terrible car. Do you car. really think that's it? Is yes. there any other track, any other Williams-friendly tracks? I mean, maybe some other super fast, super long... Belgium. Yeah, Belgium or Monza, maybe. But okay. we'll wait and see. Also, we should say Sorokin's got a penalty for the next race for bashing into Perez on the first lap. Douche. He's got a three-place grid penalty. Uh, is that the one they said they took, they'd uh, think about it later on? Maybe. It was a bit yeah. weird with the stewards, yeah. weren't they? They were just like, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll look at it later. Like, yeah. That happened several times where I was like, why, 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 why not look at it now? Very they were too busy on the track being marshals. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Force India. Perez podiums again. It wasn't a tyre-saving day, just a don't crash anywhere and keep driving in the right direction day. Ocon got bashed by Kimi at the start, but is this beginning of Force India's 2018 comeback? Not unless loads of people crash ahead of them and they fluke a place. So, so they've been saying, fake. unlike Williams, they've been saying they, they've started to understand their car a bit better. So right. well, do they it, understand it that it's not that quick? No, they think they understand now that if they talk to it nicely, it'll do what they want. And um, mm, I don't know. The head guy, Bob Fernley, said it's pe this circuit papers over some cracks, like the Williams, but they think they're in a better position now for the rest of the season. We'll be intrigued to see, because I thought Renault have looked increasingly strong and looked very yeah. slow. In, very, we'll talk about them in a minute, but look strong in this race. Haas have genuinely looked, uh, looked pretty good, apart from, you know, Grosjean. I don't think Force India have got the, the wherewithal to, to compete with them. But, I disagree. You know, I've been proved wrong before. But Perez, just there again, at the end of the race. But Ferrari were doing God knows what. Red Bull were off. If it wasn't for that, then Force India would be where they usually are. Yep. Totally, totally. But you've got to also save the argument of if two Red Bulls and a Mercedes go out and then there's some argy-bargy where Vettel goes wrong... And if there's a place on that podium that isn't one of the top three teams, then someone's got to have it. And like that Tom I Hanks film, she's got to have it. Was that Tom Hanks? Was Tom I don't Hanks know in the that? film. I don't Never know the film. You're not thinking of Big <laughs> or that thing you do. Wow. You talk. I'm going to look up who was in She's Got All right, to Have It. While you look up who's in She's Got to Have It. Would you have thought it would have been Force India? Because I would have thought that it would have been Renault. I also would have thought it would be Renault. The trouble is, we're recording this on Sunday, a mere hours after the race has finished, and I haven't had time to go back and look like exactly Spike what happened. Like Spike Lee said, <laughs> she's got to have it. <laughs> One thing I did notice about Ocon, though, you know, last week we were taking the piss out of Grosjean for a stupid pointy intro driver picture. Oh, God, has he got one too? Have you not seen Ocon? Ocon is it. unzipping his top. Oh, hello. Wow. Ocon, if you look at it next time, I don't, I, actually, as a slight aside to that, I don't know if they have different pictures depending on if they're on the left or the right-hand side, because I've only seen... Grosjean's pointy thing on the right hand side I don't know if he does it on the left as well God, thank god I'm not in that job but imagine what I'd do is <laughs> I'd have something really vulgar if I was on the left side and they'd just pray every race oh god where have I finished where have I finished is that the right or left oh god <laughs> but yeah o o o Ocon, Ocon is unzipping his uh, his race suit Science is, is doing something very weird as well and with Magnussen's doing something weird with his hand like he's doing a conjuring trick he's just thinking of balls it's <laughs> <laughs> just it's the tickling zip, the balls it's all very weird it's sensual-esque. Uh, hey, yes. Hey. 
Hands. Oh no no no! <laughs> Magnuson was solid, and Grosjean, <laughs> he crashed under the safety car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's just too desperate to be our driver of the year. Have you seen the tweet that he put out? Um, that he is proud to announce that he is going to be playing Frank Spencer in the Bournemouth <laughs> summer summer season of uh, the revival of some others to happen. They looked reasonable. And Grosjean was a driver. They did not look reasonable. Grosjean was right. He finished out of the he finished out of the points. Did old uh, Magnussen? Grosjean was in the points, but then was not in the points because he crashed under a safety car. So screw them. Renault. So Renault were right at the front end of the race near the start, and then Hulk smashed into the wall and signs changed tires. Why were they so fast at the beginning? I don't cars, know. Cars looking good, I think, or at least looking. So, I mean, looking good generally, but looking particularly good at Baku. They were then, all over the Red Bulls. I mean, they can clearly get their tyres up to temperature. But then, I mean, Sainz' result is slightly flattered by all the other cars finish, not finishing ahead of him, but he finished like fifth or sixth. But the car wasn't that fast overall. It was very fast at the start. And obviously Hulkenberg's got less fast because he knocked a wheel off. But it was un- it was weird. Did they have start on better tyres and got their tyres hot quickly? Or is there something weird going on? The tyres they started on, I think the car works well with them anyway and they can get them up to temperature well, and they were really quick. I think when they then changed onto the other tyres, they don't suit those tyres quite as well. So when they went from tyre one to tyre two... I can't keep up with this analysis. For fuck's sake, Pirelli, it's so bloody confusing. But Um, in future, if they get it right... Then this we could see Renault. I think Renault are going to be at the top. Uh, I think Renault are going to be at the uh, at the punchy end of the midfield teams by the end of the year. In fact, well, they are now, but I think they're going to stay there. But Hulkenberg. For the second year in a row, smashed it into a wall. He should have got the podium. Like, he was the one that should have got his first podium today. The position he was in, he would have been ahead of Perez. He'd have got the podium. Yeah. And he fucked it up. Well, he did, didn't he do the same thing last year? Like, this year so, he went yeah. wide at the corner and smashed into the outside of the yeah, wall. Yeah. Last year he misjudged it and clipped the inside of the wall. He's just not very good with spatial awareness. Maybe <laughs> he needs some of those special glasses. <laughs> He's in the right job, though. I do quite like the way that his radio at the end of it was like, where's you got Grosjean's? Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, Hull just goes, uh... I hit the wall. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? So, I've got two points to make about radio. Firstly, I didn't understand any of it. Was it bad or it was it quite It was quite quiet. It was quite... Well, a lot of people... Yeah. Like, it's too much. Yeah. And I'm not liking this... Before yeah. the radio comes no. on. Like, we get it. We see the graphic. What would you prefer? Just... No, no do Fanfare. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. You have a collect call from Roman Grosjean. It's your mother. Did you get my card? <laughs> <laughs> Who was it, though, that said um, they swore and then they said, sorry for the bad word? Oh, it was Gasly, wasn't it? Oh, oh he's so nice. Was he, no, he wasn't Gasly. It was Leclerc. Oh, even yeah, better. No, you're right. It was Leclerc when he, was. His, when, he his, uh, when he scored his sixth place, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Right, Toro Rosso. Uh, so not a lot going on for these guys this weekend. Hartley had a puncture and he ruined Gasly's quali. And then they just sat there and they looked pretty. But they did look pretty. Well, we've already talked about the near-death experience that is pretty much yeah. Hartley's fault. What, and then they race, looked quite slow reckon? in the race. Talking of near-death experiences, I'm jumping back to Haas. I was not happy, like Lewis Hamilton, about there being a whopping big truck on the track. Yeah. No, the I mean, that is a good point. Did you not think that should have been Shades red? of Bianchi a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't raining and it wasn't slippery and the cars are less likely to go off, that's mm. for sure. But Also still, the fact that the truck was like 30 years old. <laughs> It's like the oldest truck in the world. It's supposed to be Formula One. You'd think they'd have a nice shiny new truck. No, it wasn't. Literally honest Bob's downtown (laughs) truck hire. 
Oh, I'll get a ton of money off this for scrap. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. They'll never see Grosjean's car again. <laughs> and let's just, let's just take a moment to think just how much more embarrassing it would have been if Grosjean had managed to red flag a race under the safety car. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, Sauber. Yes. Adorable Leclerc finished sixth. A great result for the team and a much-needed race for a young rookie. But were even his achievements overshadowed by Ericsson, who managed to touch Grosjean's car using telekinesis? Great from Leclerc. Not quite sure how he managed to do it, to be honest. I guess, again, it's just um, a circuit that flatters the car. Is it? I mean, is, is it as simple as? Because all the teams are much closer, there is just more argy-bargy, there's more crashing, there's more fucking up. And in the old adage of Formula 1, to, first, to finish first, first, you must finish first. <laughs> <laughs> We had Hulkenberg, the two Red Bulls, and Bottas at S4. So that would be 10th, which is sort of a good result, a one-point finish for Sarabha. But then, you know, with all the other argy-bargy, he did well. It was like he, was do- he was doing well quite early on before everybody crashed out. But it was like Stroll's podium last year. It's that thing of like, you know what? If you can just keep it on the track, then the results will come to you. Yeah. Well, I also think, I mean, this is based on no knowledge whatsoever, but I wonder if the fact that it's there's so many bits of it that are so high speed, that now that pretty much the top three engines are reasonable, i.e. everything apart from the Honda is reasonable, if you, you know, just fucking pin it and sit behind somebody and get a really good toe off them, True. you can be quite quick. But, I don't know. If and you're an guy, expert... That guy with the big know. truck going, I can give you a toe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, McLaren. <laughs> oh... Alonso would have most likely won this race if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Woeful in qualifying, yet another canny double points finish. Are McLaren scraping by still? I wonder if they're going to scrape themselves like a championship win somehow, because they just seem to be just being terrible and yet fluking entirely reasonable results. But to be fair, I think it's actually quite reasonable. We were talking about that magical third podium place. If the same race had exactly happened but without Alonso getting uh, bashed at the start, that could have been him on the podium today, honestly. Honestly, it could have. Uh, honestly. I think that's pushing it. I'm totally pushing it, but that's the idea of talking on a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they still look the worst Renault team. So now we're going to move on to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so I thought that this race was full of drivers driving like somebody else. So here is who the drivers are. So in first place, it's did a that's Lewis Hamilton, who did not deserve to win the race, but somehow found himself in the lead at the end. <laughs> and second place was Trida Ricardo, but did a Verstappen. That's Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> and in third place, did a Perez. Just uh, just ended up, he's third in the championship, is Raikkonen. How? No one knows. Bottas did a Lacey, which is like he almost got a win, and he got snatched away from him. <laughs> Ricardo did a bit of a Verstappen and uh, Fernando Alonso did another fucking Jesus Christ level drive if you believe his gospel <laughs> Hulkenberg did a Palmer and Verstappen did a Take Inoue <laughs> Perez did a Perez and uh, Sainz did a Hulkenberg in 11th place uh, Gasly did a Scott Speed oh a good for- callback forgettable Toro Rosso Scott drive. Speed and Kevin Magnussen uh, in 12th place has done a Joss Verstappen which was you know just being a bit shit in an okay car <laughs> Charles Leclerc did a Bianchi Dri- no, no, driving very well in a, oh. in a shit car. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Van Dorn has done a Michael Andretti, which is being shit in a McLaren. Um, Lance Stroll has done a Pierluigi Martini, got some points for a shit team. Marcus Ericsson did a carry. Ocon did a Maldonado. And Brendan Hartley did a Jean-Eric Verne. Nice. 
And this is the Constructors Championship. ABBA have announced they've done some new songs. Oh, so I thought... I can't wait for what those. What would the Constructors Championship be like if they were all ABBA songs? And I will heavily preface this by saying some of these songs I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mamma Mia, that's Ferrari. Obvious good one. Uh, the winner takes it all. Mercedes in second place. In third place, Knowing Me, Knowing You. That's Red Bull. Aha. <laughs> No, me, no, you. They know each other very well. Yep, 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 yep. yep, yep, yep yeah, yep. we got it. Fourth place, still McLaren a fourth. <laughs> Where's that? Happened? Fernando, oh. a good one. Uh, Renault sip, slipping through my fingers. Uh, Force India, put on your white sombrero. <laughs> Never heard that song. Is that, is that because because one Cause of them is Mexican? Okay. Because Ocon has a sombrero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh place, give me, give me, give me some horsepower. That's uh, Toro Rosso. And uh, has has a song called One Man, One Woman. <laughs> Ninth place, my cold is really hurting now. Um, Super Trooper, that's Sauber. And in tenth place is Money, Money, Money. That's Williams. <laughs> Let's move on to the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Team orders. It's a dirty word. Singular. One word. Team orders. Do we want drivers to race or to hold position? Well, that's obvious. Of course you want them to race all the time and for forever. But the question has been slightly moot in the last few years, as on the whole the cars can't race, so the question of should teammates go at it is more like a thought experiment at a polytechnic. But now we have the big problem of two Red Bulls having a fisticuff and suddenly we're talking about team orders again. And I'm having trouble. As previously stated, of course we should have drivers racing each other, etc, etc. It's exciting, gladiatorial, blah blah blah. But right from the off, at this race it seemed apparent that Ricardo had the measure of Max and could have run off to race those ahead of him so they should have let him through ages before and then this wouldn't have happened. And that's where my stand is actually on this, that I don't want drama. What have I become? The man who used to be desperate to watch two f- drivers punching each other on the podium and now I'm growing old. Like Grosjean, have I tempered my youthful rage and now I'm just a useless idiot? <laughs> Ricardo couldn't get past Verstappen. So tough shit, mate. No need to have a big daddy Horner helping you get past. If you're so good at overtaking, then do it yourself. And what about the team? All those well-paid people at the factory living their dream job. Won't somebody think of them? (laughs) The problem with team orders is that it gets in the way whether you choose to enact them or not. But don't worry, I have a solution. Ban teams. Simple. (laughs) Each driver has to enter under her own name and build a car. It will be like robot walls. Terrible. (laughs) Failing that, I go back to my off-suggested suggestion of getting rid of pit-to-car radio. Remember that glorious moment where they tried to ban it and everyone got huffy? It was great. Leave them out there on their own. Cut all data and make the team just fucking watch. No interfering or predicting problems. Balls out racing until they win, crash, or the car gives up. Who cares if Verstappen should let Ricardo through if no one can bloody tell him? Genius. End of. Solved. I used to really like Robot Wars. Oh, oh fucking hell, Phil. Really? The Clarkson Robot Wars you're talking about? You're going to go back Wait, to... Wait, when did, Clark- did Clarkson do Robot oh, Wars? Oh, God. I've just- that was Craig Charles, wasn't it? Clarkson first. <laughs> So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We've not had time to talk about Lando Norris, McLaren's young F2 driver, who seems to be getting more and more focus on him. And the rumour has it that he might be uh, might be in line to boot Stoffelroffel no. out for next year. And on We've that got note... so much merchandise. I know, it's fine. But George Ezra <laughs> is doing very well in Formula 2. <laughs> as he funded it entirely through his brand of middle-of-the-road songs. 
I quite like George Ezra's songs actually. Okay. They're not that middle of the road. What? Nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, oh yeah, he's actually quite cool. Is he not quite cool? No. I thought he was quite cool. No, I mean you're cool. I've not heard any of his songs. Sure. I was just trying to sound like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did a post on Twitter earlier saying the F2 race was great. And George Russell, who is actually the driver in Formula 2, who won, was fantastic. And I put a picture of George Ezra up thinking, is it going to get Twitter going? No one noticed. (laughs) No one knows what either of those people look like. It was stupid. And it's also goodbye to you, Terry Saunders. I've got some news. (gasps) Oh. But we haven't had time to talk about. But it's news about me. Oh. Okay. I'm going to Le Mans. (gasps) What? A friend of mine had a spare ticket and just asked me last night if I wanted to go. Well, you'll have a tremendously good time. I thought we were considering going as a team. We were, but we we left it too late. We left it too late and it sold out. We left it too late and then I booked a holiday at the same time. So... Well, this is tremendous. Yes. I hope you'll regale us with tales of uh, Fernando. You will have a genuinely tremendous time. But do you know who else is driving? Who? Jensen Button's just announced he's driving. No, No, he is. I forgot. Yes. He's driving for some team that no one's heard of. Nobody's heard of any of the teams in, in Toyota. I've heard of them. Yeah, Ailes and Stout in bottle. They're a good team. And Cheveza, Corona Extra, great team. And also, yeah, I'm just reading, reading the beer posters in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to be back in two weeks' time to discuss the Spanish Grand Prix in podium, Barcelona. Podium, podium, podium. Who will podium and live up to our T-shirts? Sorry. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And Instagram. And Instagram. And Instagram. Terry, where can you buy all our treats? You can buy our treats from the website, and the website is as follows it is H T colon slash slash www. You know the rest. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a fortnight. We've been hacked. I've been Chikaraz. Goodbye. Goodbye. Shush. Sports Social Podcast Network.